Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good to see you all. Glad you guys could join us. Welcome. Come on in. Come on in. And grab that last cup of coffee. Come on in. Grab a seat at the table or one of the tables or come on up. It's good to see everybody this morning. Uh, it's so wonderful to get in some extra fellowship. And remember, we always have our, our uh, coffee and breakfast fellowship at 945. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a good extra time uh, to get in to, to say good morning to people maybe that you haven't seen in a while. Well, um, we have all committed to be here together today to worship our Lord and to lift high the name of Jesus. Amen. And so we're going to do that in many ways. And in just a minute, I'm going to read from the Holy Scriptures as our call to worship, as a way to, to uh, bring our focus and attention to the Lord uh, and uh, then we'll have uh, just a wonderful time in the Word. And of course, remember that uh, as we end our gathering today, we will uh, gather around the Lord's table, what we call communion, uh, taking the elements, the bread and the cup, remembering the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. And then uh, after that, we have our fellowship lunch today. So please, everybody is welcome to stay, as always. Uh, we love that uh, extended time, especially around the tables of food. And so again, welcome. And uh, as you are reminded often, here at Trinity, we have important core values uh, that we say in these three words, we learn, we grow, and we serve. So learn, grow, serve. It's easy to remember. That's how we pursue discipleship, by learning the truth and growing in faith and serving. It's serving one another and serving the world around us. And so church, as we get settled, you know, I recognize that we all had different kinds of experiences this week and perhaps even this morning, but praise God that even though the world around us is changing and changing so rapidly, and uh, our own little worlds are changing uh, day by day, we praise God that his word doesn't change and God himself does not change. Amen? Amen. He is unchangeable. And so we're thankful that we can stand on that firm foundation of the promises of God, on the very nature of God himself, and of course on his unfailing and unchanging word. So let me read from that. I'm going to read from the Psalms this morning as our call to worship, which simply means a way for us to, to focus our attention together on God, and of course his word is his revelation to us. And so this is what it says in Psalm 65, a great reminder how God provides and protects, and we are to always find our hope in the God of our salvation. Here are the words of Psalm 65, and then we will pray and enter into a time of uh, singing songs of praise. Praise is due to you, O God in Zion. 
and to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house and the holiness of your temple. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness. O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, the one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. For you make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. You visit the earth and the water in it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance, and the pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. Church, can we say amen to that? For all of God's creation, even the, the, the creation we see around us in nature, it sings out and cries out for joy and praise of our Creator. So, you know, as we begin our time of worship through song, remember that we are joining the voices and the hearts of millions upon millions of other brothers and sisters in the Lord around the world right now who are also singing praises to God in their local gatherings. And we do so also with all of creation. We look forward to his return, but until the Lord Jesus comes back for us, his church, we want to be found worshiping and praising him. So church, let me pray for us, and then we'll stand and honor him with our lips as we join our hearts together. Father, we thank you so much for an opportunity that is unique such as this. A brand new day of life you have blessed us with. It is a gift. But Father, a gift from you, we certainly just want to turn it back to you in praise, offer it back to you, lay it down at your feet, and Father, just say thank you. Thank you in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Thank you for new life in him. And so, Father, as we sing now, as we lift our voices together, we do so with a heart of thanksgiving. That is our desire, Father. For the hope that we have, the joy that we have, it moves us to be grateful and have hearts filled with gratitude and thankfulness. So God, we give this time of worship and praise to you, for you alone are worthy. And God, we know that you will meet us and you will bless us and you will change us and transform us through it. But God, we are here simply to give, to surrender, and to offer. We do it because you are worthy, and we do it in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. Church, would you stand? Would you stand with me and let's worship the Lord together.
Hallelujah. He is our hope, and he is our living hope. Amen. Take a minute to say good morning to somebody next to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. our differences together we are bolder braver stronger Most of you have, but let's make our way back to our seats. And, um, you know, this is that time when uh, uh, our next generation of, uh, of uh, Trinity um, family, if they're part of the family, but our young ones that are growing up in the Lord, they make their way down the hallway. And we're so grateful that we get to have a ministry like that, our Trinity kids. And uh, one of the things that we love to do here is incorporate, of course, all the kids in our worship. And so, you probably noticed that, but we love that they join us for the beginning of our, our gathering to join us in worship. It's so important that they get to 
to learn that and experience that and see that. And then they go down the hall and they have their own time of worshiping God and, um, and uh, have their own time of being in the Lord's word. They sing together. So we're thankful. And just a little plug for that ministry. If you're interested in serving and you're looking for a way to get involved, here at Trinity, the kids' ministry, we always could use a couple of extra teachers and helpers, and so consider that as well. Um, you have those connect cards, connection cards in the seat backs in front of you on the tables back there. If you have an interest in anything, even if you've been coming for a while and you don't want to forget it, you can write that down and drop that in one of the giving boxes or hand it to one of the leaders here if you have an interest in perhaps getting baptized or uh, becoming a member, just learning more about Trinity, or if you want to figure out a way to serve, that would be a good way to, uh, to connect with us. Remember, also, you can go to our website, trinityallenwood.com, and uh, it's got all the information on there, how you can stay connected and get involved. All right, and so um, remember here at Trinity, as I mentioned, that we have our core values of learn, grow, and serve, but that's how we pursue discipleship. A disciple is a follower of Jesus, a learner, right? And so we do that by learning the truth and growing in faith and then serving and serving one another. And then one of the things that you've been hearing me talk about a lot is our discipleship pathway. And this is what we're launching on September 25th. And this is very simply a tool that we will use to be able to help all of um, our, our church family, all of us, newcomers and all of us have been here for a while to be able to stay connected with the Lord Jesus as his followers. So the discipleship pathway, you'll hear so much more about on uh, September 25th. Make sure you're here for that Sunday as we launch that, and there'll be a sermon series to help unpack that. And there'll be written material, um, and there'll be information on the website as well. But simply, church, it's this. The, the discipleship pathway, it's not an event it's not a program, it is a tool, and I believe it will be a powerful tool that we can use um, uh, as a, a church family here at Trinity to stay on mission and to stay on message and to make sure that we are doing all that the Lord Jesus and his apostles have called us to be and to do. For, of course, the Great Commission found at the end of Matthew 28 it tells us, and Jesus gave those last uh, instructions, the last directive and mission to the church, we call it the Great Commission, because we do it together, to go into all the world and make disciples, right? And that's what we're called to do, to be disciples, making disciples. And so this discipleship pathway will help us do that. And so you'll learn all about it on the 25th and going forward. So I encourage you to, uh, to be here for that as we learn and grow and serve, pursuing discipleship by learning the truth and growing in faith and serving one another. And this is the tool that will help us to do it together on mission, staying on the path. And so make sure that you're, you're here for that. Um, also, what we have uh, coming up, uh, just a few other announcements uh, before we hear from uh, our guest speaker today, our Dig Deeper uh, series that's going to be on Sunday mornings. And of course, um, that is uh, um, a class that our elder Bruce Neary will be leading, and um, that is starting in October, October 9th, and going through a new book that's just released called Another Gospel, question mark, looking at the trend of progressive Christianity. And um, it's a, a trend that maybe, maybe you've never even heard that term, 
but you'll be able to go and to learn all about this and how it affects you, because I guarantee that it does. And so that is on October 9th, right? So what else do we have going on? We also have, of course, our life recovery group that met um, this morning for the first time. And uh, that's an important ministry that we've just launched, and it simply is a 12-step, Christ-centered, Bible-based ministry to help us discover, through the Scripture itself, God's power over our problems, no matter what that problem may be. And so that meets every Sunday morning. We started that today from 9 to 10.15 down in the conference room. So again, this is a group that is for everybody, no matter what your hurt is, your hang-up is, those those sins that you just can't um, get control of and that you've been praying about, whatever it might be in your life uh, that you need restoration for, recovery and restoration, this is a, a way, a simple way, to help us all gather together in the Scriptures and see how God transforms us and through Jesus Christ and his word brings restoration. So an important ministry that just began. Also, a few other quick things. Our Tuesday morning Bible studies began. And uh, of course, Tuesday mornings, it's 6.30 to 7.30 for the men, 9.30 to 11 for the women. We're going through the book of Genesis. And uh, that just began this week as well. So make sure you take advantage of that. Um, at the end of this month, we'll have our Wednesday evening services, which will begin. Um, and uh, that'll be from 6.30 to 7.30, uh, and then after that hour-long service, we will have our prayer gathering, which is already happening on Wednesday night, so we're combining the two. So from 6.30 to 7.30, we will have a gathering here, and we will have worship, we will take communion together every Wednesday, and uh, our message, more in devotional form, for this fall will be focused on discipleship. Uh, but again, another opportunity right in the middle of the week to get recharged and refueled to get together and, uh, uh, and to worship the Lord and to learn to grow and to serve, all right? It'll be a little bit different format from what we might be used to, and so I encourage you to come and check that out. It starts on September 28th. That's the last Wednesday of this month. There will be uh, a, um, a class for our, our students, for our young ones, and so uh, they'll have their own um, study and their time of worship together, and so uh, so. It's, it's uh, an opportunity to bring your kids out in the middle of the week, and so they can have their thing, and then uh, adults and parents, we can be here together uh, worshiping the Lord and learning from his word, right? So that is on the 28th. Um, our missions and our outreach is alive and well here at Trinity, and we try to do something at least once a month to get us outside these four walls and to go take the, the good and um, uh, gracious gospel of Jesus Christ to the community around us. And so we just had one at Asbury Park Boardwalk on uh, last Saturday. But the next one coming up is the end of October, Newark Penn Station, bringing blessing bags, bringing prayer, bringing hope uh, into that part of Newark. So that's coming up on October 22nd. So make sure you make a note of that. Uh, we have communion today, as I mentioned, so we'll end our gathering around the Lord's table and we'll take communion together, the bread, and the cup, remembering the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. At the end of our service, we have our barbecue lunch, our fellowship lunch. Everybody is welcome. For that, we always have plenty of food, so make sure you stay for that. Another important announcement, I made this last week for the first time, but uh, just as a reminder, also on September 25th, that's the day of our 
Discipleship Pathway Launch. We, uh, we're having a special business meeting. We always have at least one annual meeting at the beginning of the year, but this is a special business meeting right after the service. Everybody is welcome, but we are um, gonna be holding a vote, and of course, it's just the, the members uh, of Trinity that, that will be voting on this. And so we have the opportunity to sell part of the property, that wooded lot that is uh, next to the church. It goes all the way over to Sally Ike. Um, you probably can picture it on your way out. You'll see it. Uh, it's a wooded lot that we're actually not allowed to build on because of the, the infrastructure and the, and the design of our current property. And so it's sitting there unused, and it's a good time to consider um, selling that. And so, um, but of course, that is one of the things that our church constitution uh, says that in order to buy or to sell property, uh, that we are to have the members vote on that. And so the leadership of the church has agreed that it is a good idea, and we want to present that and put that forth to the voting members, and we will do that right after service on the 25th. And so even if you're just interested to hear more about that and how that came about, everybody's welcome to attend. It'll, it'll start like five minutes after the service on that Sunday, and uh, everybody is welcome, and then the members get to vote uh, at the end of that very brief meeting, all right? So that's on the 25th. A couple of last things. Uh, remember that um, we can stay updated together through texting, and so you can simply just text that word, join Trinity, all together to that number, 84576, and you'll be signed up. So throughout the week, you get updates, you get notices uh, if we need to postpone something or weather you know, happens or there's a new event that just comes up, a new opportunity uh, to serve or to get together, that's the quickest way to be updated. And then also we have our prayer email list. And um, if you want to join in uh, the prayer at, here at Trinity and kind of hear what's going on with others and to help pray for them, uh, and uh, then of course hear updates and, and praise reports about all that, just simply send an email uh, to that prayer at trinityallenwood.com and you'll be signed up, all right? Uh, there's much more to learn and to know about Trinity. Just go to our website, trinityallenwood.com, and check that out. Uh, remember that we do live stream our services, so if there's a particular Sunday that you can't be here, um, if you're not feeling well, you're traveling, you can join in. And so now, I would like to, um, to ask Shane uh, Latham if he would come up. Uh, Aaron, if you would stand also, please. So many of you got to meet them, and so this is... You see how much we love you guys. You did nothing yet, and we clapped for you. We're just like, we love your presence. You guys are here. You guys look great, and you are great, and we're just like so thankful for that. And so uh, anyway, Shane and Aaron have been here for a couple of weeks, have been blessing us, been meeting some of you, and, and we've been talking so much and, and just enjoying some great fellowship and, and uh, just time of, of uh, spiritual growth. And uh, just a good time of fun as well. But they have been in uh, the States for about a year, traveling around to uh, different churches, people that they know, and, and uh, just blessing people with their experiences, their knowledge, and uh, their giftings from the Lord. And so we're thankful that they've been here. And so I have asked Shane to come in and bring a message uh, that's been on his heart for a while to all of you. And so they are one of our missionary partners. You know, it's been almost 30 years that we've been supporting them. Is that amazing? I mean, I'm like just about 30 years old, and they're like, they're like, you know, right. So like when I was born, they were like, you know, no, just joking. So almost 30 years that, they, that this church, Trinity, started supporting them, and praise God that we can continue that legacy, and we get to have them here. Uh, and so they are missionaries in Brazil, 
And so give him your, your attention now. And please, during the fellowship lunch after, take some time, if you haven't yet, to come up and just love on them and just give them words of encouragement and support. All right? Shane, thank you so much, brother. Thank you. Thanks. Yep. You got the water. Praise the Lord. Yes. Give that to Aaron there. Okay. Thank you for those kind words. And, it, and it's, you know, they have... The church has already been blessing us um, with, you know, meals that we've had out throughout this last week. Also, um, I got some Harley uh, shirt, uh, shirts right over there, um, and even a bandana I can put on right now, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but thank you. Thank you for the... Uh, and then uh, God really blessed us this week with my uh, second cousin, you know, Tom and Peg's grand, grandchild, John. Many of you know him. He lent me his his motorcycle. I mean, that's... So we've had a bike to ride around the last for 10 days. So that's just, that's just a blessing right there, right? But uh, so I just want to talk about what God's been doing over the last 30 years. We thank God for this church. It's one of the first churches that took us on in that first season, 93, when we were raising support. Um, that's the Latham clan right there. My parents, dad's 77. Uh, they're this, this next month, uh, they're fulfilling in October they're fulfilling 50 years on the mission field, and they're down there still working faithfully. Here's the, the Latham clan there. We have a little uh, WhatsApp group, which is a communication, you know, for our family. It's, it's Gen 10, and the idea is that uh, we believe that the next 10 generations, no one's going to get lost. No one's going to get away from the Lord. Everyone's going to serve God. And so that's what we ins- are installing in their in their. As our as as mom and dad and soon to be you know our kid, our one son just got married and as they, as we become grandparents and then as we become great grandparents we're telling them hey we believe that the next ten generations are going to love the Lord and serve the Lord and will that happen? Of course it will happen. Then God, we're going to pray it. Yeah, you know, we're going to believe it till the end. And uh, so Gabe here he just got married to Nachi. Both of them are preparing for ministry in Brazil. In uh, they just newlyweds since. Uh, June 26th, <clears throat> and so he teaches uh, English down there, but also serves in the ministry. He was working as a youth pastor at our home church in Montana, but wasn't able to get uh, a visa for uh, Nachi to come back. So he went to live in Brazil and to start his ministry there. Uh, Camila also moved back to Brazil. She was the right arm, you know, of her brother as, in the ministry here. And when he moved back, she also understood God was was calling her to move back to Brazil. And she's getting real, real involved in the youth group that she grew up in down in Porto Alegre. So 50 years of mission work, three generations of missionaries, and uh, one end vision. End vision is the term that we use to describe our ministry. Uh, it's that God has shown us a view of the end, of where he's taken the whole story of humanity. He He knows where it's going. And we, if we follow him, if we live into his vision at the end, his end vision, you will have a significant life no matter what struggles you go through or where you're from. Uh, and the way you do that is to be, share, and go. So we've discovered that God really wants us to be authentic disciples who share God's gifts as we go into all the world towards God's end vision. And so early on, you know, we've, we were um, really focusing on, on sharing. We came out of the, you know, got married 21, both of us had been really away from the Lord as teenagers. We came out of the gate, you know, running eight days after we got married. We were ministering in Brazil. And God allowed us to plant three churches that uh, over the years we discovered that 
uh, over those first 12 years that we, there were some things we needed to be. So we had to pause. Our ministry went through a pause season where we had to stop everything for a while and just receive both from the Brazilian church and both from our church in Montana. This church uh, was a supporting partner through that pause and, and helped us get back on our feet. That was in 2008 going through to 2011. Probably one of the most important things that we ever did was to pause and, and invest in the marriage, invest in our kids and realize that we needed to be before you share. And in the, in the world today where sharing is so, so common to share things on uh, Instagram, you know, some, often we're sharing pictures of places we didn't go, <laughs> a verse we didn't read, you know, sharing, sharing a, a, maybe just a, a, an idea that we, we didn't have a thought through yet. But if you can be first, and that's what we've discovered, to be authentic disciples. And we're going to talk more about that today, excited about the discipleship pathway we can be authentic disciples, then we have something to share. And God has allowed us to grow in that area. And so our, our work is kind of divided into those three categories right now, to be, share, and go. So the B category is our mentoring as we invest in couples that are planting churches. So the things, you know, through the kind of the bumps and bruises that we've been through, uh, to help them be authentic uh, married, have authentic marriages and be parents that are raising their kids in the Lord before ministry, even before ministry. So that, that B category is mentoring couples. And we have, God's given us six that we can invest in right now. Uh, two main ones that are in run, uh, church planters of the two, plain, the two main churches that we're helping plant. Uh, but then in the share category, God has been teaching us over the last three decades things that we've been, you know, sometimes slowly learning, but he's been teaching us, and uh, we're able to share that with churches, mostly in Brazil, but also churches in the U.S. as we travel. That's the networking part of our ministry, where we're investing in other churches that want to uh, grow and, and plant other churches and send out missionaries. And then the go cap category is the actual church planting teams that we get to serve on. There's two of those right now. Uh, Gravatai and Alvorada. Gravatai is meeting right now. I, I just saw a picture of them meeting. Uh, they're, they're meeting once a month. They've got about 150 people there. And Alvorada meets tonight. And so really, really excited. Got to spend time with both of those uh, uh, this week, just exchanging messages with the Gravatai team. And we meet tomorrow live and then spend some time with uh, the Silvas uh, there, uh, Lucas Silva, who runs the Alvorada team, him and his wife, this week, just in mentoring. So that's what we do. If you would ask Erin what she does, um, she does a lot of things, a lot of hospitality, receiving people at her house, um, discipling uh, women, uh, you know, speaking sometimes at women's conferences and stuff. But basically the most you know, condensed way of saying what Erin does in her ministry is she cultivates hope through relationships. So Erin is just, she's great at listening to people's stories and, and providing hope that, hey, you can make it. Don't give up. So Erin cultivates hope. If you were to look at what I do, uh, I get to do a lot of, you know, sometimes it's preaching, sometimes it's preaching at a motorcycle rally or, or teaching wrestling at an MMA school or jujitsu school. I get to do that too. Um, but what I mostly do, uh, make smash burgers, that's a massive smash burger, um, but what I mostly do is I, I inspire risk takers. That's my thing. I want to inspire people to take a risk, step into God's end vision and live with everything they are, everything they have for the time that's left. 
And hopefully today through our time, I'll be able to inspire you to take a risk towards God's end vision. We get to do this in South Brazil. Rio Grande do Sul is the is southernmost uh, state in Brazil. There's got all the different seasons down there. They've got agriculture. They've got the coastline there. Got the, the the German city. Some of you that went to visit us, we took you up to that German city up in the mountains there. It actually snowed a year ago up there. A lot of the Brazilian beef. Uh, that's the picanha that we had at somebody's house. That's a different way of serving it there where you curl it up and put it on a skewer. But this picanha, they sell it at Costco here, just so you know, it's like five ninety nine, something like that. But they have wonderful meat down there in Brazil. So we've had some meat meals over this week. Uh, Porto Alegre is the capital city. Yeah, about two and a half million, and this is where we uh, work in and around Porto Alegre. There's a lot of work to be done, and we have a lot of spiritual confusion there. So there's a lot of Catholicism mixed with uh, Spiritism, which is not really something you find in the U.S., but um, it's, it's people that are confused. They, they will be both, and, and they'll, they'll go to the, the church and, and pray to the saints the, at the Catholic Church, but they'll also go... And uh, if they really need to get something done, often they'll go and get a witch doctor to do, to do an animal sacrifice or that kind of thing to get something really done. And so there's that, that spiritual confusion, and God's allowed us to understand and also live alongside and minister to these people. As we look at what God's been doing in our, in our life, uh, these two metaphors have kind of risen to the top as like the main thing that we talk about. So the, that the gospel spreads like Wi-Fi and that disciples are made around tables. And we're going to just kind of just go through that right now and just leave that, I, these, these two metaphors with you. I'm, I'm not going to focus much on the Wi-Fi today, but just think about this. A God all over town, all over the world, God has, has put in routers of his signal. And that the signal, the router, it has to be connected to the source and once you're connected to the source, Jesus, you have something signal to route. Unfortunately, we do route other signals. So just look to the person next to you. They know the signal that you're routing. No matter what you say here, those who know us know our signal. And, uh, but we were meant to be routers of the gospel. And uh, then disciples are made around tables. And I just want to uh, share with you this idea. Imagine of, like the tables, concentric tables. And the first one is the table with God. That's what we're going to talk about today. But what if the church was a series of tables representing the overflow of intimacy found at God's table? What if sitting down at God's table as individuals was the foundation for life around our family table? What if various family tables gathered an intimate and purposeful mission table that the people that we live mission uh, of the mission of the church with to empower and encourage each other to love and good works? And if several mission tables gathered regularly to celebrate all the love and good works happening over town, imagine the draw to those in the community when the church sets the table, a feast of grace and truth served with love. As the sun goes down in the world in the dusk of the last age before the return of Christ, can you imagine a great banquet with light shining from a distance, a preview of eternity, a restoration party where Jesus brings the better wine? That's the idea, that as we sit down at the table with Jesus, and here I got a picture that was sent to me uh, by Nachi, our, our daughter-in-law, that you know, Gabe and one of his friends, you know, they, they had a day together a while back, and they just start every day out like that at God's table. And they learned early that that's the most important thing. Don't, nothing else should come in before that. 
And sometimes when I get confused and I, I get like looking on Facebook or Instagram, Aaron will say, hey, Shane, have you? Oh, yes, thanks. On I get back on to uh, first thing in the morning, time with the Lord. Because that changes the environment for family's table. So when you sit down at your family table, I hope you have that. Um, it's completely different experience when mom and dad and the kids have been with the Lord. The conversation's different. The direction, the, the, the valuing that time is different. And then mission table, as you get together, like even today, as we sit at the table after and have this time of fellowship, these, this is the group that has decided to be on mission together. It's called Trinity Bible here. That is the team. And uh, it's completely different when those people sitting at that table have been with the Lord and they've been with their family who's been with the Lord. And then the community, it's completely different to the community to uh, sit down at the table of people that have come through those other tables. So that's what discipleship is like. Disciples are made around tables. As people seek uh, God in this culture, they're going to land on one of these tables and they may land on the community table and one of the outreach things that is being planned for October or November. And the idea is to invite them deeper in, you know, invite them to, the, to come to the mission table or come to maybe your own family table. Say, hey, come over to my house. And there they're going to see a family and how they interact with each other. And they're going to say, I wish I had that kind of family. And uh, because that family is going to be made up of people that sit down at God's table, disciples. So Jesus is ground zero for disciple making. If you spend time with him daily, It'll change your family. It'll change your church. It'll change your community. And as people come to so the whole goal of meeting somebody at a community table is that someday they would sit down at the table with God themselves because he's going to send them out to the ends of the earth. So if you look at the idea of tables through the Bible, there's, they're all through the Bible. There's tables. It's is is a theme. Big decisions are made, you know, around tables and God cares for people, whether it's God walking in the garden, it was kind of a, a walking picnic table there. Like there's a walking through the garden with Adam and Eve and telling which fruit to eat and not to eat, you know, and, and unfortunately they got away from that table and they ate the wrong fruit, right? Um, but in Melchizedek, uh, Genesis 14, a uh, very important story, Melchizedek, this, this mysterious priest, he shows up with bread and wine, you know, the, he shows, shows up at the Lord's table way back then. Uh, and Abraham, Abraham throws a barbecue for God there in um, Genesis 18. I don't know if it was Picanha, if it was a, a sirloin cap or not, but he threw a barbecue for the Lord there. Very important time. But if you can just go through, of course, you got Acts 2. You got the Lord's Supper in John 13. Amazing table time. Acts 2, how much the early church was built around the table. And then you have the table at the end of the universe. A table that I hope you're at. I hope everyone here will make it to that table. The table, the marriage feast of Jesus. So in Revelation chapter 3, we're going to go through these verses from 15 to 22. And we're going to see just three aspects of how important it is to be at the table with God, that first table. And we said God calls out a religion. There's people that are religious but don't sit at the table with Jesus. Uh, I've, it's been me. Uh, maybe it's been you. Uh, maybe it is, is where you're at. God calls that out. He doesn't want that for us. We're going to see that Jesus comes to our door because he really wants to spend time at the table with us. And if we will be, do our responsibility of listening and opening the door, we're going to see that Jesus crowns that kind of life with victory. So let's just go through it. We're just kind of motor through those verses there. So in the uh, verses 15 through 19, we're going to see that 
Jesus calls out our religion with seven reality checks that just come like one right after another in the text. I know your deeds, that you're neither hot nor cold. Now, I don't know if you ever had, like when your, your parents left and uh, they said, clean up the house, you know, clean, do the dishes, clean up. And then, they went, and then we're going to be back. And when that car pulls in, it's that running around, stuffing things in places. And they might come in and they're like, we got it all done, you know. But I mean, if you were to open the cupboard, that thing's going to fall out. Jesus knows. You can't snow Jesus. They got deeds done. This church had deeds done. They had works. But he knows the nature of those deeds. He says, hey, I know your deeds. And I know that you're neither hot nor cold. Now, a lot of confusion has been uh, given around that, this concept of neither hot nor cold. But what I want you to understand is, and first I got to get this thing working here. Just a second. Second, are you going to work with me here, dude? Okay. Neither hot nor cold is that the, the church that was receiving this letter, Laodicea, they were between uh, Colossae that was known, it was right on the bottom of some mountains, and these cold streams would come down, always constant cold water, refreshing. And then they were also south of Areopolis. Then they had those, those you know, uh, tubed water, you know, this, this, this uh, aqueduct that would bring the warm springs uh, that would hot water, healing properties in that water down. But by the time both the cold water was brought by jugs or the aqueduct would bring the hot water from Areopolis, both of them got lukewarm to the city of Laodicea. So what Jesus is saying is that church, you've got the same problem as your city. And you just use a very vivid illustration that everybody understood because you'd have to really go to the sources to get the cool or the warmth. And it says you're too far from the source. And the rest of everything he says in this passage is going to be about Christians that are too far from the source and about a God who wants to come and sit down at the table with them so that they will not be so far from the source. So that's the context of this. But he knows, and he wishes that we were at a better place. I wish you were either one or the other. And so what he's saying is, I, I wish that you would just, whether it was the healing of that warm, warm water, or whether it was a cool refreshing of the other water, I wish you were closer to the source. And now he's going to go on and talk about uh, the effects that is had to be far from the source. And, and I have seen these in my own life, and, it, and it's so important to, to just take an honest look at your life as a disciple of Christ, if we can call ourselves that. Uh, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And this is really a, a hopeful passage. Man, it sounds really bad. Um, first, what's it mean to be in God's mouth? Whatever being spit out is worse. So he says, I'm about to do that. And whenever God says, uh, is about to do something, there's a lot of verses and a lot of stories in the Bible that God warns, you know, and he says it like it's a said, it's a done deal, but yet then people repent and then he changes that story. And so that's what he's saying here is saying, Hey, if things continue as they are, you're going to be out of my blessing. You're going to be away from you. You want to be far from the source. You're going to live far from the source, but this is a warning for those who want to step up and change that. And by the end of this text, we'll see that the invitation is right there to change it. And so he counsels, says, I counsel you to buy from me gold we find in the fire. 
so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover the, your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes. So he counsels them to really understand what wealth and health is. Uh, they thought they had it and they didn't because he goes on to say, uh, you know, put on your eyes so that you can see. See, they thought that they were oh, a little bit before that. I guess I skipped it here. But do, you do not realize that you're a wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. So that they thought they had the wealth and the health. He says, if you just take an honest look at your own walk as a disciple, you'll see that you've been far from me. That's what he's saying to these people. And I really wish it was different. So he warns them, and then he counsels them how to make it better. To, to exchange that mediocre life of, of a distance from God, distance from the source, to something that can really satisfy. So he counsels them. And he does that because he loves them. He says, um, those whom I love, I rebuke. And, you know, nowadays it's, it's, it's typical to, for people to say, hey, no, complete acceptance, acceptance, no prejudice. We were receiving somebody at our house in Brazil a couple months ago. We did a dinner for them. One of the ways that we do the come to the table thing is we have an Instagram called come dot to the table. You can check that out. Has our, you know, the most recent post is, is Pastor Keith cooking his family recipe there. So it's, it's a more of a culinary, um, and it was a wonderful meal last night. It's a culinary Instagram. And what it's there for is that we'll, we'll use that. Say, hey, come to our house, look at our Instagram, pick something to, to, for us to cook, and we'll cook that. And so we're trying to reach a, cup, uh, a mother and daughter in Brazil. And uh, we were there for the wedding. So we set some time aside for them and said, hey, pick there a recipe. And they did. We had them come over. And the girl was really going through confusion, identity confusion. And we're sitting down after the meal and we're just talking. And we're just, I said, you know, one thing that you can know here at this house is that you're never going to go through prejudice at our house. Prejudice is a thing you're going to, you're not going to feel here. But you also need to understand that here you're going to receive love. Love is more powerful than acceptance. The guy at the drive through at McDonald's, he accepts you as you are because he doesn't care. He wants you to get out of the way and, and move on. Because if you stay there too long, it ruins their window time. You know, there is such a thing as a window time. Even I've been, I've been at, you know, to pick up uh, Uber Eats delivery. You know, I was delivering early in the morning. I'm the only guy in the line and they asked me to move on. So, I'm the only one here. No, but you'll, you'll ruin our delivery time if you wait there for it. Okay, so they want you to move on. Um, so they say, no, we accept you. People that love you more than acceptance, they're going to pray for you, and they're going to want God's best for you. And uh, so God loves us, and so he doesn't just accept us. He, he desires, he warns, he counsels, he desires, he even disciplines us, you know, uh, we went through a season that, as I mentioned, that where we stopped everything. And there was certainly God's discipline on our lives at that time. But uh, as we look back, and we were sharing with the, with the life recovery this morning, and I, I want to I encourage you to um, visit there and, and possibly be part of that group. As we were sharing our growth, those things that made us grow, which were certainly part of God's discipline on our lives, have given us a ministry today that we have something to offer in that area. God loves and disciplines. So he says, he invites us, right? Be earnest and repent. Not a very popular uh, word nowadays, repent, you know, but it is the path to a significant life. 
Because now what he's going to say is that if, if you will accept God's calling out of our religious attitude, which doesn't take us anywhere, towards a relationship with God, he says, he's coming to the door. I've been able to, over this last year, as we needed to, deliver for DoorDash and Uber Eats. One of the things that happens is since COVID, nobody wants to see you. You know, this, sometimes it's, it's a very painful thing. I got this hot pizza that I put into a hot bag, and then I take it in the winter season in Montana out there. And now it says, leave it at the door. We have to leave the pizza on the snow, walk away. It's sin almost. I think that's a sin. And honestly, I've pushed, you know, that I delivered it. I took a picture. I sent it. The guy has not come out to get the pizza. I'm sitting in my car looking at, should I honk? Should I... But it says, don't, don't ring the doorbell, you know, just leave it and go. So they don't, there's a no contact delivery. That's what people want with Jesus nowadays, right? A no contact delivery. Jesus, just leave the blessing at the door and please leave. I want no contact. But he's not going to put up with that, right? So he's, it says here that he takes his action steps towards our door. Here I am, I stand at the door, he says. So Jesus stands at the door, he knocks. On the app there, it says, don't knock. You can wake up the kids, you know. Um, but Jesus, he's, he stands, he knocks, he even speaks. Hey, the pizza's out here on the snow. Uh, like you guys would say here, use, hey, use. No, I was hearing somebody at the Tuesday, I love that accent. Use pizza's out here in the snow. Um, he speaks. All we have to do, here's, here's, here's the key to the victorious Christian life. Um, you listen, if anyone hears my voice, it opens the door. And that's what we do. You listen to God's voice and you open the door. Then he says, I will come in. He enters. Think about this, the God of the universe who created everything. He's at the door and he's knocking. He says, I want intimacy. I want a relationship. I want to sit down at the table with you. And if we will listen and if we open the door, he will come in and he will eat with us and us with him. So what is it to crown a life with victory? I mean, how do we, how do we win at this thing called life? Well, very simple. In verse 21, it says, to the one who is victorious. So the, the first thing about being victorious is you, you listen to God and you open the door. That, made, that puts you in the category of the victorious. To the one who is victorious, there's a reward coming. You know, I will give. And then it gets more specifically. If you go to other passages, like um, there's the white throne judgment. And that's not for us as Revelation 20. That's not what he's going to give. But what there is passages like Romans 14.10 and 2 Corinthians 5.10 that talk about how God's going to evaluate the disciples' journey with their works, their intentions, their faithfulness. And there's a reward coming for those who belong to the Lord who are disciples. I will give, and it says that the authority. Now imagine finishing your life up with with reward and with authority. You say, man, I, the whole life, I never was a manager at my work. No, but God wants to give you authority in, in eternity. And he says, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. So is it, I don't know, is it a bleacher throne? But there's a lot of people sitting next to Jesus. 
Hey, hey, it's just a really long throne. I actually made a picture of that, showed it to Aaron, a clip art thing. I stretched out a throne. Aaron said it looked cheesy, so I took it out. But uh, I'm going to let, you know, Keith is going to preach about, you know, what, what this means, maybe. What does it, I don't know what it means, but what I do know is that it's a promise above and beyond what we can imagine. That somehow you and I, our life would be summed up in victory with reward and with authority. And that would be the, that would be our story. Do you have ears? Will you listen? Think about this. If you were to write on your phone or maybe something you have to write down with this week, I will listen and open the door by, and then you fill in the blank. That's what, you, that's what we should do with the message. If God speaks to us, we should actually do something about it. That's what it means to be a disciple. So what if you were to write right now, down on your phone, this week I will listen and open the door by spending time in the Word four times. In the beginning, I don't know, maybe that's good, maybe two times. So maybe it's the start. I'll, I'll tell you what mine is, and I told uh, Keith he can, he can uh, follow up, tell you next week if I did it. I'm going to write four of, of every day that I'll be in the Word, because we do have that rhythm. It's every day. I'm going to write four Bible studies, like studies that I could hand on to other people out of my time in the Word in the morning. So, Keith, next week you can report on whether I did it or not, because that's the next thing I want to do is a challenge for you to write down your I will statement. What will you do with what you've heard today as far as this being a disciple who sits at the table? And exchange that I will statement with somebody you trust and then call them in the middle of the week to encourage them and be encouraged by them. That's how churches grow all over the world. Simple. See, because the Great Commission is going to all the world to make disciples, teaching them to obey. Not just teaching them, it's teaching to obey. So all over the world, churches that grow, they grow because people will listen to what they, they've heard. They'll make an I will statement of some sorts. And they'll be accountable for it. And that week they grew a step. Let me challenge you to do that this week. How will you write down, I will do this. I'm talking, mine will be, I'm going to be in the Word every day this week. And I'm going to write four Bible studies based on the times I was in the Word. So uh, what will you do? Thank you, Keith. One of the things that we, we pray for is that when we come before the Lord, that we hear him, <clears throat> excuse me, and then we respond. And as you heard Shane share from his heart a message that God has been preparing, developing, I trust and I pray that as you heard and listened, that you will in some way And that's the principle not just for this week, but for the ongoing everyday life of a follower of Jesus. 
As we dig deeper into his word, what is it that we are learning? And how are we growing in that? We take what we learn and say, Lord, what will you have me do with this? We had a powerful message this morning, a great reminder of what God, through Jesus, calls us to be and to do. And I love the illustration of the tables, because that's how we're going to end our time right now, around the Lord's table, around the bread, and around the cup, remembering that on the night before he was betrayed, Jesus gathered around a table with his closest friends and family. He was preparing them. He was giving some last instructions, preparing them for him to leave them. And he said that as often as you get together, you should do this in remembrance of me, because that's what we're about to do. Remember the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. It was about to happen to him on that night when he instituted what we call communion of the Lord's Supper, the bread representing his body given to us, the cup representing his blood, which he willingly shed on our behalf. And so we gather around this table, remembering the Lord Jesus. But then we take from that, as we gather around this table, and what is our I will statement that comes from this communion? What will we do? So in a minute, you'll hear some music playing, and, and I want you to take the opportunity, in just that minute or two, to just allow the music to kind of help to calm you, to distract you from other distractive thoughts, and just commune with God, meet with God, and talk to God about what your I will statement will be for him. Not just for this week, but as you continue to walk with him. Because we gather around the table with Jesus there at the center of our table, remembering what he has done for us. You know, at that table and that Passover, that last Passover Seder that they would have enjoyed together, there was a lamb on the table a lamb sacrificed that they would take and eat together. Jesus looking down at this table as he prayed over the, the bread and the cup and about to pass them so they could enjoy them together looking at the lamb, knowing that he is the ultimate lamb of God who would be sacrificed to take away our sins. Meet with God in these next few moments. Thank him for that sacrifice. But take that time to ask the Lord, Lord, help me. What will be my I will statement in my next steps with you? And then when we're done taking the bread and the cup together and we pray, we have the great opportunity and privilege to move to the back of this room around other tables where there will be food and there will be fun and there will be fellowship as we continue to share our stories around the tables. But make sure Jesus is always at whatever table you are sitting at. So now, 
We're going to take some time. And then as you hear the music play, as the Lord leads, there's no rush for this. As the Lord leads, you spend some time just thinking. You can get up and either come to the front or to the side, take a cup, take a piece of the bread, go back to your seat and take your time with that as the Lord leads. Once everybody has taken the elements, I will lead us in praying over them and taking the bread and taking the cup together, right? So take a few moments with you and the Lord, and then you can take the elements and go back to your seat.
that night before he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, and he broke it, and he gave thanks. And he said to his disciples, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's take and eat together, church, in remembrance of him. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this represents the new covenant in my blood. We are to also take and drink this in remembrance of his shed blood. For now when the Lord God sees us, he sees the blood of Christ, which has cleansed us from our sins. So let's take and drink in remembrance of him. Let's stand together. It also says, and the Apostle Paul tells us that whenever we eat the bread or drink the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We do this, we gather around this table, we gather around tables in our lives until he returns, and the Lord Jesus himself will invite us and sit us down at that great table, the marriage feast of the Lamb. We look forward to that, but until then, may we be found living for him. As Jesus died for us, church, let's live for him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time together. Lord, you have... You have been at work. You have been at work already, changing us, Lord, as we have allowed you and made ourselves available. Father, my prayer right now for this year, church, would be that you would continue, continue to move in our hearts and our minds through your powerful Holy Spirit until we meet again, Lord, throughout this week, Move us as you sustain us and provide for us, but move us as we follow that path. Lord Jesus, we look forward to your return, but God, until then, we want to be found living for you since you died for us. So grant us the courage to do that. Grant us that courage and wisdom to give that I will statement back to you. For, Father, we know that we are to be hearers of the word and doers of the word. So may we be found doing that this week, living it out, Lord, around tables, desiring to be your followers. And now, Lord, as we enjoy a meal together, would you bless it? Bless the conversations that take place around these tables. May they be uplifting and glorifying of you. And, God, may we enjoy our time together. And we say thank you for it all. In the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, for the glory of the Father. Amen. Amen.
Church, just give the team a few minutes to get ready and to bring the food out. Enjoy some more fellowship and enjoy your time together.